There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. the Tuned and Strong podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Angela McHouston from Music Strong, joined by my other co-host. I am Dr. Jen Cabasmay of Tuned and Tone Performance. Um, we are joined today by Dr. Heidi K. Begay. Begay? I think I got it right. <laughs> um, and Heidi is a flutist and educator and a performer, and she does music business stuff. So we're going to just turn the floor right over to you and just Tell us about what you do. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, ladies, first and foremost, for having me. Um, the fact that I get to sit down for 30, 40 minutes and just be with two incredible women is just phenomenal. So it's nice to mm -hmm. shut the world out and say I am with Jen and Angela. So thank you. <laughs> and I want to put that out there. So yes, my name is Heidi K. Begay, and I'm originally from Chicago. I live in Fort Worth, Texas right now. And I have been in the music world for 20 some years. And my three degrees are actually in music, uh, music performance and flute performance. And I love it. I love being a teacher, a performer. Um, I'm also a nonprofit organizer and I've been self-employed basically since 2009. Okay. And you actually have your own podcast, right? Yes. So my podcast is called the Flute 360 Podcast. And it actually, as you know, Angela, it stemmed off as my DMA thesis, and uh. which is kind of unheard of, <laughs> a little unique, um, which I'm so grateful for Lisa to say, hey, let's do something new, innovative and fun. Um, something that's going to actually, yes, cross off that box of you're going to get your doctorate, but at the same time, that's going to propel you forward into your career. And so I am so extremely thankful that my committee saw that vision and supported me through those endeavors. Mm -hmm. And so can you tell us a little bit about your podcast, like the history, like what you, you started this in your doctorate, but what was your, what was your impetus for doing it? Um, what's the bent of your, the, you know, the main theme behind your podcast? Why did you pick it? Tell us all about it. Yeah. So it's a beautiful whirlwind <laughs> and there's a lot of facets to it, but I will try to boil it down nice and neat as possible. My husband is actually an audio video engineer. And when we moved out to Lubbock for my DMA, he had to drop his live um, music job, live sound job through our church. And so we had to pick up and go to Lubbock and he started his business, J&K Productions. And he's a musician. He was reaching out to people and saying, hey, musicians, I'm here for, you know, your music needs. Well, actually, musicians were knocking on his door, but the avatar, or that's the wrong word, but the clientele that were actually um, knocking on his door were podcasters. 
So they said, hey, you know, I need help with my audio editing through my podcast show. And so then he kind of started getting down into that niche. And for those three years, he was building his business, working with other podcasting companies, et cetera. And here I'm taking traditional classes like Shankarian analysis and flute lessons and orchestra. And he's talking into my ear of, oh, these podcasters are doing this. They're doing that. Isn't that cool? I'm like, I don't need to know that. Why do I need to know that? <laughs> Leave me alone. Like, let me do my Shankar analysis um, or Shankarian analysis. I hate Shankar analysis. Can I just put that yeah. out there? When I got to that, I was like, y'all are making this up at this point. You're totally making this up. <laughs> like, you you wanted to use crayons now. This is what this is, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I wish I would have thought of that while I was taking the class. Yeah. <laughs> I am never going to use this. Anyway, yeah. that's me. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, you know, it's so funny how life pans out and how life is so ironic. And so here I'm, I'm hearing about podcasters and their world corporate sponsorships, how a podcast is set up, the industry of podcasting. And little did I know that I would be starting a podcast. And so I say all of that because that's so instrumental to the growth of Flute360. If I didn't have that kind of going into my ear, I don't think Flute360 would have been here. So that was definitely one ingredient for me to decide, oh, I want to start a podcast. And um, when I did decide, yes, okay, I'm going to birth Flute 360, it was then, well, what do I talk about, right, Angela? Like, what was the foundation, the inspiration? And you ladies will love this because you're in the health world. Um, I actually, between my master's and my doctorate, I was really dealing heavily with um, carpal tunnel. And I was dealing with it because I taught 50 to 60 students in Fort Worth, and I was playing with them in every lesson. My flute was too heavy and I was overworking my body and it was not a good setup. So when it came time for me to say, hey, what do I want to talk about through the Flute 360 podcast? My committee said, we need to have eight episodes. Go at it. So I split up the eight episodes and did four episodes on health and what I learned during those six years. And the second series was about music business and how I was teaching 50 to 60 students within the entrepreneurial world. So basically, I was so inspired to get the information out from those six years of experience out to the public. I was like, I was never taught about health in my first two degrees. What? Like, why, why is this not known? And I basically was my own guinea pig for those six years. I was going to physical therapists. I was, you know, researching essential oils. I was researching about diet, sleep, etc. And so little did I know young Heidi was actually researching for a future DMA thesis. So when it came time to purge the information through a podcast or through a thesis, that information was already there because I was doing it for six years and all I had to do was just start talking about it and referencing reputable uh, resources. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was a lot that you just unpacked there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, we frequently come to this this point in our podcast where it's like, which direction do we go first? <laughs> yeah, who wants to talk so we don't talk over each other? You know? Yeah, <laughs> that was quite a lot. Um, yeah, I, but I really like that that you mentioned the whole fact that it started with with health, and you say like I wasn't taught this kind of stuff in my other degrees. I wasn't taught anything about health. I wasn't taught anything about business, and the, so you're really like fusing health and business 
in this in this new new genre of podcasting which um how long ago was this when you started this the podcast um yeah or your thesis yeah yeah so i started the program in 2015 and i graduated in 2018 so mm. 360 was launched i believe february or Mar february or march of 2018 and so we've been going every week since so about three and a half years okay yeah so it's okay. been a journey and i will say that uh the podcast has evolved just like anything you know i i started it as my dma thesis but then it became a glorified hobby. So when I had a beautiful means to an end for my thesis, um, like, you know, Jen or Angela, when we come to any uh, conclusion of a season, we're like, just get me out of here. I just want to be done. <laughs> Ready to be done. So, Let it yep. be done, just whatever. Yep. Um, yep. And so, but I realized I really love podcasting. I really love connecting with people. Um, for those who know me very well, I'm a talker. I'm very talkative. And so <laughs> put a microphone in front of me and man, I'm on cloud nine. Um, and so I continued it. And the reason why I talk about this evolution is because with any creative projects, I think it's good to know that. Um, then it was this glorified hobby. Then it was a CV builder. So I was looking for a job in academia. So I thought, oh, this would be a huge box to check throughout my CV because we need, you know, performance experiences, teaching experiences, but then there's another big box of creative work and publications. Mm -hmm. Hello, mm -hmm. <laughs> me publishing creative, intelligent conversations with experts through a podcast. That's pretty creative. And it did the job. I got a full-time job offer in Shanghai, China. And I was oh, so yeah. excited. Yeah. Remember that Angela? <laughs> yeah, remember that. yeah. And then guess what? COVID hit. Bye-bye job. Bye-bye job. <laughs> and I was just like, what is this? And literally, ladies, like it was one of the darkest moments of my life. I mean, when you yeah. work so hard for a terminal degree and you work your butt off and you don't see, I mean, you see the degree hanging on your wall, but you don't see any fruit to your labor and you're yeah. unemployed for two years because mm -hmm. there aren't any jobs. And then when you get the job, the pandemic takes it away oh my gosh, like, oh, I would not want to go back to those three years if you paid me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I say that because when that season happened and the pandemic, you know, um, occurred and is still happening, obviously, um, I just decided I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I, I know full well, I don't have complete control of my life. <laughs> I'm okay with that, but I wanted to take back a little bit of control. And so by doing that, I pivoted and said, all right, I've built up this podcast for two, two and a half years. This is my baby. I built a tribe around me. I'm going to start shining it now and use it as a marketing arm and shine it onto my product services and offerings. So I just want to share that little story for anybody out there, since I know you ladies also talk about music business, like pivot. If there's somebody listening right now who's not happy and you're not seeing the results you want to see, then you probably have to change up the formula a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, so then for the past year, I've been selling my own classes and my own services, and that's, I'm getting even deeper within this entrepreneurial world. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that absolutely, I mean, um, I know we've talked before about finding your niche and, and is it okay 
to kind of not jump tracks, but kind of transition out of from where you thought you were going, you know, um, is that okay? And if not, you know, <laughs> or if so, um, all sorts of things. And if, but if not, you know, like, why is it not okay? Um, cause every, I know a lot of people have gone through and it's affected their mental health when mental health declines, physical health declines, they're tied together. Um, so yeah, this absolutely ties in with a lot of what we do. That, that whole experience that you had where it's like, well, you know, I worked and worked and worked and worked and it's just not working. And so is something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Um, and this actually, I, I'm going to just share something that um, came up in my class uh, last week. And we had um, reviewed a chapter out of the Feldenkrais book, um, the Awareness Through Movement. If you don't know that one, go read it. It's awesome. <laughs> But Feldenkrais talks about, you know, this, this sensation of uh, being a square peg trying to fit through a round hole. Mm-hmm. And the square peg being the individual and the round hole being the appearance of what they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people will hammer themselves through that hole and destroy themselves in the process. And some people go, mm, let's, let's, let's actually see what we can do. Um, and it's that power of understanding that you can only control so much, so control what you can. That's, that's what gives you the power back from things that you can't otherwise control. Um, so it's good to have an example of somebody who's gotten to the other side of that successfully and hopefully happily. Yes. <laughs> hopefully happy now. I know it wasn't at the time. There's, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. shoot. No, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And that's exactly how I felt. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and the funny thing is when I sought out my doctorate, when I was 13 and I was Mm -hmm. Heidi, I said, I'm going to be Dr. Heidi one day. And the reason Mm -hmm. why I said that at at a young age is because a very influential mentor in my life came in during that season. And her name is Dr. Diane Boyd-Schultz. And I looked at her and I was like, oh my gosh, I love her. Like she was and is still this like walking encyclopedia and a beautiful flutist and a beautiful person. And she just held herself with so much poise. I'm like that, I wanna be that. And, you know, going through those three degrees, it was very evident to me, like, you're gonna get one of two jobs. You're either gonna be an orchestral musician or you're gonna be a full-time professor in academia. How many times have we heard this? right? So many times. We just actually talked about this a lot in our last few episodes. Yep. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And you know, I think I was so emotionally attached to that one and only role. I didn't see myself being an orchestral musician. I knew deep down that I was an educator. Like I feel 110% strongly about this, that God put me on this earth to be an educator. That's my purpose here on earth. And so if I couldn't get that one academia job that by the way, doesn't really kind of exist because there's maybe one a year that's full-time tenure tracked, then, oh, all was lost. All was horrible with the world. And then Mm -hmm. it took amazing career coaches in my life, like Garrett Hope, who you guys are going to talk with later to just say, Heidi, we're going to pick up your amazing, beautiful skill sets. And we're just going to pivot. We're just going to do that up Mm -hmm. and over. (laughs) Like there's opportunities over here, just because you're not working necessarily here in that, that academic building that you saw yourself in so strongly doesn't mean you can't use your skill sets over here. And if actually 
if anything, I felt like during that crisis, I felt like, why the heck did I even get my doctorate? This DR means nothing. It might as well be, you know, um, crap paper, excuse my French, but it might as well just be, you know, something that I don't know. I, I felt I had a lot of uh, emotions around that. But in actuality, the positive, the funny thing in all of this is one, once Garrett kind of picked me up with other coaches in my life, like Glory and Kathy, et cetera, um, and then I realized, oh my gosh, like I'm really good at being an entrepreneur and I'm not just an educator, but I know admin. <laughs> I'm pretty good at marketing. Oh my gosh, I'm a really good public speaker. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. I just realized like everything that I had trained for, just because it didn't fit into that square hole, didn't mean that I couldn't use it, but over, you know, over here and serve my community in this way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I've been through that. I'm still going through that to some degree. <laughs> um, I think a lot of us do too. So um, if you're listening to this and you're either going down the doctoral path or coming from the doctoral path and you haven't found your landing spot yet, you are absolutely not alone. We're all yeah. in the same boat going. And you know what, Jen, like literally that reminds me the, the full circle here is it didn't feel like at the time, like my doctorate had any weight and mm -hmm. like, what am I going to do with this? But then when I realized all of those skill sets that I just listed off, I realized then on the other side of it, that my doctorate actually had more weight. Like I felt even more like Dr. Begay because mm -hmm. guess what? I had to be extra creative. I had to be courageous. I had to have guts. I had to mm -hmm. figure it out and make it work. I had to put on my thinking cap and go out and continue to learn, even if it meant learning about marketing. And that's not what I had learned in school, but I had to be brave enough to say, guess what? Continuous learning, just because you have that terminal degree does not mean you know everything. You've got to keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. And so at the end of this year, I looked at Garrett through a coaching call. I'm like, I really like, oh my gosh. So you have to kind of push through, obviously in a healthy mm -hmm. way. Um, you have to push through and just, um, uh, forge that path and get through the dark forest and, and find those beams of light. And then when you get into the clearing, you're like, Oh, you know, you bring up a really good point. And that's something that we have actually talked about in several ways on uh, other episodes where that's like the, there are the, the two, um, career paths that are touted in music school are you're going to be an orchestral musician or you're going to have to teach at the collegiate level, which you have to have your doctorate to do. Otherwise, nobody looks at you. We don't care how qualified you are. If you don't have a doctorate, we don't care. And that is so antiquated. Guys, the 50s and 60s were, what, 80 years ago? 50, 70 years ago? I don't math well. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a long time ago. We have, there was no internet in the 50s. Let's just put it that way, okay? <laughs> but it's such an antiquated view, and it's not relevant to today's musical aspirations when you come into going to school for music we have to stay relevant and those are so antiquated there are so many there are so many more opportunities for musicians to assert themselves in so many different ways that were not around back then and it's time for us to catch up like podcasting like we're doing now like 
music fitness like I'm doing, like dynamic integration like Jen is doing, all these different, these different aspects of being a musician. And just because you have a music degree, if you're not, I went through this myself. It's like, if you're, if I'm not performing, I have performance degrees and I, I applied for my doctorate twice. And both times I felt it wasn't right, but I didn't, I thought it was what I was supposed to do. And they were disasters and I embarrassed myself horribly. And it was just like, Angela, you don't have to do this. You don't really want your doctorate. You don't really need a doctorate. Why are you doing this? And I was like, honestly, because I thought I either had to, or I didn't know what else to do. I went, all right, suck it up and figure it out. Give yourself some time. You don't have to do what other people say you have to do. You don't have to get a doctorate. Also, how are you going to pay for it? I don't know. So I, I didn't. Right. And it just kind of brought home the fact that it's not for everyone. And then I realized I don't need this to do what I want to do. I don't need this. I needed the master's, but I didn't need the doctor. Mm-hmm. And so I had this whole thing that maybe a few years ago, I thought, am I selling out? I'm, I'm, I'm doing this whole fitness thing. I got degree. I don't have degrees in fitness. I mean, I have certifications, but I have degrees. Does that make a difference? No, no, it does not. Because what I've realized is there, if I had not had those music degrees, I would not be able to relate to people on a, on a certain level. I wouldn't know what they're going through. I wouldn't know the demands. I wouldn't know all of that. So those degrees can serve a different purpose than what we originally think that they serve. Mm-hmm. And there's value in that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. To the umpteenth degree. I'm over here like, <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting really jazzed up. <laughs> Yeah. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Or is this the time for us to take a quick commercial break and talk about the summit? We are going to be right back with our guest, Heidi K. Begay. Dr. Heidi K. Begay. We'll be right back. Hey there. My name is Dr. Garrett Hope. I am a composer, coach, podcaster, and speaker. I've been focused on building my music business since 2014 and helping others build theirs since 2015. I want to tell you about the second annual Ultimate Music Business Summit we are organizing. It'll take place early January of 2022. There will be dozens of presentations with highly actionable content, all of it available to you so you can start your business, grow your business, and ultimately make more money. Because here's the deal. Unless you earn all of your income from an employer, you are a self-employed small business owner. And if you want to do more than survive, if you want to grow your audience, or if you want to impact more people, you have to think and act like a business owner. And that means this summit is for you. This summit will give you real world, not theoretical strategies you can implement immediately. You don't need to be stuck with fear or living in your failures. I promise you, with all the teachers lined up, you will get something you've never thought of before. Even though building a business is hard, No one is promising it's easy. It is possible. You just need the right tools and strategies. Tickets for this virtual event will go on sale soon. To be the first in line and to get more information about the summit, presenters, and more, go to musicsummit.biz. That's musicsummit.biz and add your email to the list. And we're back with Dr. Heidi K. Begay, and we are talking about the pursuit of paper and how those <laughs> certain things are just a little antiquated when it comes to music schools and what we're supposed to be talking, what we're supposed to be studying and doing with our lives and uh, pivoting and a whole bunch of things. So <laughs> I don't even know exactly where we want to pick up with this, but uh, we were talking about, um, you know, we have those two paths that are, are really touted as this is what you should do, which is either teach or perform. 
and only in an orchestra because if you're not if you're doing anything else like if you're playing jazz or if you're a session player or you're on tour well you're just less than which is insane uh, or if you're trying yeah or you're trying to get that one teaching job because there's let's be real there's like one um it, which means you have to take a lesser job which is also insane um so we're also talking about how music degrees actually benefit us in ways we didn't think of how they yeah. can actually help us create the career that we want they are a means to an end not the end yeah yeah i know for everything that i'm doing right now um i always being starting in a new role right now you know you're meeting a lot of people there's a lot of orientation whatever and i'm getting like well what is it exactly that you do <laughs> so, <laughs> my my favorite part is well because they always want to know what your degree is in like well my degree is in clarinet performance but my specialty is you know it's and it's um you know the music and the health and the movement and the cross application of strength and movement based therapies to daily practice um and they just kind of look at me like what i didn't know that was a thing how can that be a specialty for a clarinetist you know <laughs> um but it's that you know the degree title is just performance. So yeah, if I'm not performing well, then I stall clarinetist, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But if I hadn't had all of those experiences before, all of the pieces of paper that I have, um, I mean, I really don't see in my approach, there's, there's no difference if I'm teaching clarinet or teaching strength. There's no difference if I am practicing clarinet or practicing wellness. They're the same thing for me. Um, and I don't think I would have come to that conclusion if I'd gone down the health route to begin with. I think I would have not. Um, Cause it's very, it's, it's a different kind of methodology, if you will. There's a different kind of strictness. There's some flexibility, but you know, there's an expectation. Um, but what you were talking about, Angela, with that, um, you know, you were tempted to go down and get your doctorate because, well, you're just supposed to, if you want to go to this next level, um, I know I've felt it and I've seen it too, where it's like, well, things aren't panning out right now. So obviously I need more training. Mm. You know, what's funny so. is I never felt that. I felt like when I got my master's, when I got my bachelor's, I was like, I don't, I am not at, I, there's still more I need to learn. I am not where mm -hmm. I could be. I've not realized my full potential. There's a lot I don't know yet. When I got done with my master's, I was done. I was like, no, I don't need it. But I, so it wasn't like, I felt like I needed more training. And that's the, that's, that's the back and forth in my brain about that one. Yeah. When I, when I say need more training, I don't mean like you feel like you're not capable. Right. I mean, like you feel that you don't have whatever the magic pass is that's going to get you in the door to what you think you should have. Mm. Yeah. I didn't want to leave anything on the table because I, I was like, do I want to teach? I don't know. I'm good at it. I could do it. That's not a reason to go into something. I could do it. Yeah. There's no passion in that. You know. <laughs> you know? I mean, I like the orchestra I play in, but we're a we're a, a we're a regional orchestra. Um, it's it's not a full time gig, and I have auditioned for so many full time gigs, full time orchestras, and they. Here's a funny story. I have it, it has nothing to do with it. It's just kind of. <laughs> I've won every single audition I've ever done in person, and I have not made it to any second round of a blind audition. If I am like. I have a, a, a rapport verbal, like you can see me, I can see you in this audition. I've won it every single one, every single one. 
-hmm. If it's behind a screen, I've lost every single one. I didn't even, I haven't even advanced. (laughs) So, you know, when I'm going back and forth about the the whole regional orchestra thing, and I'm like, you know, I'm not auditioning anymore. It's not like I'm too old for this. It's like, I don't have to. My worth Mm -hmm. isn't defined by playing in an orchestra. There are too many other opportunities. And no offense, I don't care about Mozart. Mozart's great. There's other stuff. I don't have to care. Sorry, I don't. (laughs) Sorry, I'm like, and there shouldn't there uh, here i use the word shouldn't i said i don't like shouldn't but there really shouldn't be so like we're gonna we're gonna make an exception here um there ideally should not be shame in playing the music that you like to play and liking to play the music that you like to play like i full full (laughs) confession here i love playing pops concerts they're my favorite I'm not going to lie. They're my favorite. The music is not super fulfilling, but I don't expect it to be. (laughs) But I love playing pops concerts because like the audience is so excited to be there and it's always full. And I'm like, let's go. You know, (laughs) you're happy. I'm happy. I will play this crap for you. (laughs) Or or Uh, movie music. When you've got the movie. I love love it. Love it. Love it. That is so fun. We did a Pixar concert and like Ratatouille was playing and it, it's just, you know, there's this great flute solo and I'm just watching her go. I'm like, go girl, I'm gonna watch this. <laughs> it was so fun. And like to be on the opposite side of that, you know, the audience is enjoying it. They get to see the music performed live. And then now they have that connection with, oh, if the music wasn't there, mm-hmm. this would not be as interesting. There is mm-hmm. so much value in that. And there was mm-hmm. value in me sitting there enjoying listening to someone else play it. But, you know, like realizing why I'm also a part of this in a way that I, I'm not a part of it while I'm watching it on a TV screen. Right. There's value. There's also no shame in liking Mozart. And if you like Mozart, I mean, have at. I think there are fewer and fewer people who do. Um, yeah, no, 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 not, not getting after you, Angela. Just like we've gone down this whole like pops and, you know, <laughs> like if you love Mozart, we're not insulting you, by the way, just to throw that out there. <laughs> He's a cool dude. Old school rock star. That's what I say. <laughs> I think people are. I think people are kind of getting tired of the boys. Right? And what I'm hearing with the Pixar and the pops from you ladies is what I'm hearing is, you know, you like playing music that resonates with you. And think about our culture, you know, mm-hmm. especially Americans. Film? I mean, come on. Like yeah. movies, going to the movies. Yeah. Like that's what we grew up with. And so yeah. we can resonate with that because that's our world. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of great music composed for film. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Yes. I was leaving. Can I tell you like something really kind of funny and weird of me? Um, so I, <laughs> I don't mind. Do. I'm, I'm an open book. So I have three fur babies, uh, Gizmo, Maestro, and Lexi. And so when we leave the apartment every day to go get groceries or errands or whatever, I say, okay, babies, I will be right back. And I always keep a light on for them. And I always turn on a movie for them because, you know, obviously they need a movie. They need sound. Eric says they don't, but I, I truly believe they do need a movie. Um, so when I put on a movie this one time, it happened to be the movie with Tom Hanks and the um, airplane. I can't remember the title, but I say that because I stopped in the doorway because I heard this beautiful opening um, orchestration for the film. And I stopped, I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? That is written really well. And I stopped to wait for you know credits to come up and things like that. Sure enough, the music was written by John Williams. 
And mm -hmm. I was like, ooh, I knew something was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that just goes to show you, yes, um, a, a lot of amazing music has been written for Broadway and the films mm -hmm. and et cetera. Mm -hmm. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's our world. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's nothing wrong with connecting people on their level. Yeah. Makes them feel more welcome to come back and try to try something new, you know, yeah. <laughs> new to them. So. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I know that the symphony here does Harry Potter movies. They're always sold out. I mean, to watch yeah. the Nashville Symphony play the music of Harry Potter with Harry Potter on the screen behind him in this gorgeous hall. Oh, it's so fun. And it, you know, it's fun for the musicians too, because they're actually getting to actually accompany the music. I mean, when I was in high school, my, when, if you'd asked me in high school and my bachelor's degree, what is your dream job? I'd be like, play movie music. Yeah, all I, I want to do that. I want to be a session player for movies. That's it. That's, that's it. Um, unfortunately, I <laughs> have yet to do that. I have no idea how to get into that world. Um, but that's, that's still a dream of mine. Like anytime I'm able to contribute to that, you see that visual and you have the aural thing and they contribute together to me that just like it brings it brings music home to people in a way that it's it's not the same if you're just performing orally you hmm. know interesting yeah mm -hmm. so moving on i think we went down a tangent a little bit we did that was a hard tangent thanks for fun. thanks for sticking with us heidi <laughs> no worries um jenny you had some questions i think i, I do i've got i've got three but they're both rather long branches and I'm not sure how much time we have left. So <laughs> out there. see what Heidi wants okay. to talk about. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll put them, I'll put the three out there. Um, the first is you were talking about the evolution of flute 360, where it came from. And I'm be curious to hear um, like your originals were business and health. Mm -hmm. What is it more about now? So that's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, you were mentioning nonprofits, which I know are, very tempting for a lot of musicians. A lot of musicians talk about starting nonprofits, but I mm. know it's difficult to navigate. Um, so mm. maybe just kind of unpacking what you do in that world and how it works for you or doesn't and where people can look. Um, and then the third one is like, like I was talking about with my training, I don't see, um, I don't see a difference between music and strength work. Mm. I'm curious how the business work that you do translates to your performance and teaching work. Whoa, all three yeah. are meaty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if we have time for this. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, I love good questions. Um, you're a thinker, Jen. So that's amazing. It gets um, me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> me too. <laughs> oh, shoot. So the first one, was the evolution of Flute 360 mm -hmm. and topics and stuff. Yes, yeah, so mm -hmm. I started, the funny thing is, um, you are witnessing right now me pivoting back to basics. So my first two series were health and business. And um, then for some reason, it kind of not unraveled. That's the wrong word. It just took a life of its own. And it was going down for two years of me me gathering information through experts in the community of this panoramic view of flute related topics. So I would talk to composers who wrote for the flute. I was talking to inventors who invented flute gadgets, um, publishers, everything. It was still related to flute, but it totally took a life of its own away from business and from health. Isn't that <laughs> funny? And now going into year four, 
I just did an episode. Um, I produced, I have over 170 episodes and around episode 165 ish, I labeled it back to basics. We're going to go back to series one and two, where it all started, where my heart is, where my passion is. And um, I'm going to ground myself again um, on, on that information, because that's where I really want to be. Not that the other two and a half, three years weren't beautiful. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I have a second doctorate. You know, speaking yeah. to like Marina Piccinini about musicality and Mark Sparks about how in his process of writing his tone exercise books. I mean, come on, like you're, you're tapping into like minds who've been in the industry for 20 plus years. Oh my gosh, it, it's, it was a roller coaster and I wouldn't have changed it for the world. But a part of me was kind of like, hey, remember this back over here? You really loved that. So um, I'm actually pivoting right now. I'm going back to basics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, that's what we're kind of discovering too. Is that there's so much out there that, yeah. I mean, I know I didn't know a lot about it, um, and we're out there. We're just in in the field of music and health. We're out there. We're just trying to, trying to find each other, trying to find people. You know, and it's hard. When, <laughs> you think when we started this, we we actually started this what February 2020. Really beautiful. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really beautiful and it was I had just come off a Symphonia concert and I was in Lynn Haven with my friend and Jen came over from Tallahassee this is all Florida um and it was like the, I was gonna fly out in like a couple of hours and so you guys were coming over we met for the first time we just recorded our conversation it went on for like three hours yeah <laughs> it was long. we got something here so let's do this um and then we didn't really have any kind of regular uh, recording schedule, whatever. We couldn't get our schedules to work out. And so the whole of last year was just kind of here and there and some stuff we came up with. And like, it's only been in the last, what, four or five months that we've really oh been God. serious. Yeah, and like every week and <laughs> sometimes go, yeah, but it's, you know, we didn't, we didn't know what we were getting into either. We just saw like, we have similar thoughts yeah. and goals with around music and health. Yeah. Does anybody else? And we yeah. were finding that, yeah, there are a lot of us and oh, there's so much more to talk about and business relates to that and emotional health relates to that mental health. Relates, there's so many more facets to this than we ever thought. And so it's like yeah. a non-ending pool of exciting opportunities for us. So yeah. I, I think, anyway. I think so. Amazing. <laughs> yes. There are a lot of interesting people to talk to. <laughs> There can, are, I once you go down that rabbit hole, you start finding yeah. people you didn't think about. We just sort of holding up over the Sonia. We're talking about like psychologists and hand therapists and physical therapists and mm -hmm. mental health, you know, all these different aspects. And then the getting back to just us, not even interviewing people. It's, 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 there's so many more things because when we're talking to people, we start thinking about, oh, well, we should just talk about this amongst ourselves, you know, and who else? It, I'm going to, I'm going to give a little shout out to our, uh, our 70 year old uh, listener in, I, oh, she's way down in Florida. I want to say Miami, but I'm wrong. I think she's in Miami. <laughs> Her name is Zelda, Z-E-L-D-E. -E. I'm, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. Zelda or Zeldi. And she just loves our podcast. So shout out to Zeldi because she plays accordion and saxophone and cajon and all kinds of random awesome things. And um, we would have never like reached her if we hadn't started this thing. So yeah. Just you just never know when it comes to stuff. Yeah. Don't you love receiving those love letters though? 
when you get somebody in Florida, you're like, oh my gosh, like you exist. You listen to my show. What? <laughs> it's, me. it's so cool. It's you so know? cool. You know, yeah. um, I am good friends now with a lady who listens to Flute 360 up in California. Mm -hmm. Her name is Pam. So cool. shout out to Pam. And she messaged me after years of listening to the show and she's and she's like, hey, Heidi, just so you know, on Saturday mornings, I hike through California and I'm listening to 360. I wanted you to know. I'm like, shut up. Like, what? <laughs> and then like Sue up in St. Paul, Minnesota, I become good friends with her and she's actually taken a podcasting class of mine. Um, messaged me and just said, hey, Heidi, like I listened to your show at a dog park in St. Paul. And I'm always with my little dog and my best friend and I'm listening to these interviews and I just want you to know that I'm here. I'm like, thank you so much. Like, yeah. it literally just means the world to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I mean, because you're putting stuff out there and we are too. We're putting things out into the world and we have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> no oh. idea if they're actually reaching anybody. <laughs> Right? It, feels, it feels like crickets, but I will say here's a podcasting tip for anybody who wants to start a podcast. Even if you don't initially get that engagement, yeah. it does not mean that people aren't listening. They are listening and they are watching. I promise you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That lady in Miami. <laughs> and I'll never I was about to get to work and I got a phone call and I was like, hi, this is Angela. And she goes, hi, this is Zelda from Miami. Blah, blah. I listen to your podcast. I'm 70 and I play blah blah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to talk to you. This is amazing. And she's like, tell Dr. Jen she's awesome and she's going to be fine. And I think she's right on with whatever she was talking about. She's like, yeah. And I, I she was so cute because she said something like, I forget that we're not on a phone conversation when I'm listening to your podcast and I'm talking to you and then you're not answering me because I feel like we're on the phone. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That's what we want. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I just want to tell you because I yelled it at the, at the computer or whatever it was because you couldn't hear me. I wanted you, please tell her that. Like, okay. <laughs> that's so awesome. Like the fact that you can reach people like that, it just, just makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. And I even love it too, when they call you up just like that. And then they talk to you, like, it's so weird because it's this one-sided relationship in a way at mm -hmm. first, because you don't know anything about them, but they know everything about you. <laughs> and it's just like, whoa, like, what did I just step into? Like, you know, when mm -hmm. Sue called me, she talked to me as if I was like a BFF. And it was the coolest thing like, oh, our relationship just scaled like that. I mean, I had to get to know her like instantly and meet her where she was with me, if that makes yeah. sense. I mean, yep. she was talking to me like, oh, how's Eric? How are the kitties? I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I loved it. I wouldn't change it for the world, but it's really interesting to kind of like be in that space. It's, it's odd, but it's beautiful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's too fun. So actually, this is something, um, a good segue point, I think, for us. To, I'm not, well, we have those two other questions. You want to go no, down that how about, first? How about if you got something else? Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's just about what the what's coming up in January that she has to talk about. So we can save it or we can go back to those questions or we can talk about it now. It's up to you. Where are we at with time? I know we're we're coming up on it. Mm. It might be a good time to talk about the summit. We might we might have to uh, bother you for a second booking. Is what I have to do. <laughs> no, that's great. 
<laughs> yeah. So the Ultimate Music Business Summit is going to be held January 6th, 7th, and 8th, 2022. And this is a really good uh, segue. Like Angela said, you know, we're talking about really, in a sense, what we're talking about between podcast host and listener is a community. You know, we're, we're reaching out and building a tribe and pulling them into our orbit. And so I really feel like the Ultimate Music Business Summit is just that. Um, it's the second annual event. Last year, it went down and Dr. Garrett Hope um, is the founder and creator, and he ran the whole shindig by himself, um, which is amazing and blows my mind. And so then this year, he decided, okay, um, I want extra help. So he onboarded uh, myself and our colleague, Arthur. And we've been designing and organizing this event for the past three or four months. And it's been a wonderful uh, journey. I, I love learning with them. And the intent of this summit is to give um, musicpreneurs, you know, anybody who's self-employed or thinking about being self-employed, the tools in order to start succeeding. Now, obviously, we're not like teaching you like very heavy, in-depth, you know, going down a rabbit hole of just marketing, but we give you like actionable steps that you can take away about marketing or networking or how to fundraise for your next creative project, um, website design, audio production. So we have close to 40 presenters at this event and they are all experts within their field. And it's a free event. You totally can get a free ticket. You just go to musicsummit.biz, B-I-Z, and you get your free ticket and you can join us and peruse through the videos. Some videos will be live. Um, or some events will be live, some will be pre-recorded and some will be hybrid where it's pre-recorded, but then afterwards there will be a live Q and A where you can pick the presenter's brain. And so I think it's going to be um, an amazing event where people can interact and have that community and bring people around so we can grow, learn, evolve, um, and just join and, and enjoy each other's companies. So that's the purpose of UMBS, and um, I hope people come to check it out. Perfect. So uh, musicsummit.biz is the name of that website, right, where they can go find that information? Yes. Yeah. I didn't realize I was muted. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so if you're watching this, I'm just over here talking away. <laughs> no sound sorry oh. um yes yeah um but i was trying to say um as the commercial that we're going to be using for a little bit here for the ultimate music business summit as as that says um and i totally agree with this um if you are in the music field and you do not have full-time employment within an existing institution you are self-employed mm -hmm. you are um and side note, if you're still in school, but you want to be teaching and you want to, you're self-employed right now. Right now you're self-employed. You have the capacity to do it right now. <laughs> It'll help you out more later. Um, I know a lot, of, a lot of places seem to be looking at, uh, even if you want to get hired within an institution, they seem to be starting to expect individual websites, for instance. Mm-hmm with recordings and all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, this is important yeah. for all of us. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't have that website, I highly encourage you to start thinking about it because it's your digital business card. 
I don't think a 21st century musician can go out into the workforce and uh, network and start building those relationships for opportunities, whether they are nonprofit or monetary opportunities. Um, if you don't have that website, how can you be found? So I think having a website, even if it's DIY in the beginning, you know, just get it out there, get your information mm -hmm. out there so people can find you and they can work with you. And then over time, you can really tweak the branding. You can work with a website designer, a graphic designer and blow it up. But I think a website is a must for our current times. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah, completely agree. That, uh, put that in the, the list of things we weren't taught in music school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I think we I think we mentioned that in another episode. Um, I think it was with Ashley, the one that was released yeah. actually this week. This um, week, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was basically when I was at when I was in graduate school. It was make sure you have a website and some business cards. Oh, and make sure your resume is up to date. You know how many people care about my resume right now? Like zero. <laughs> Nobody really cares. They want to know how can you help me, and that's what your website has the opportunity to tell people. A business card just gets them to go to your website. If you don't have a website. I mean, if you don't now, I, I will say that there are a lot of people that use Instagram as their website, or Facebook somewhat, but not as much, or LinkedIn, and they use certain social media outlets as their website. So the only problem I have with that is, tell me what you think, Heidi, is that. You don't want to spend too much real estate on uh, too much time on someone's borrowed real estate. Yes. To speak. Yeah, you need your own. And speaking mm -hmm. of borrowed, even social media in my podcast, uh, well, especially social media, right? It doesn't matter how many followers you have; they're they're essentially not yours. Like if mm -hmm. Instagram were to change their algorithm or something like that, list is not yours. You have to get them on a newsletter. That's your list. And I wished I would have started a newsletter from day one with the podcast, um, Live and Learn. I didn't know, um, and you don't know what you don't know, but uh, the newsletter list is vital. And because um, that's your list, you own it. <laughs> so that's my two cents about that. So I have a quick question about that. So one, well, two, two things. Number one is that I had somebody tell me who's in the business world, basically, like, don't call it a newsletter. Like, well, what do you call it? Or you're on my email list. It's the same thing, but there's some like a, have you found that there is a connotation towards newsletter versus be on my mailing list? Have you found a difference in that? Like with words are important. So have you found any kind of difference with that? Um, I couldn't really speak to that per se. I do know where this person is coming from though, because the inbox is like the holy grail, right? If you yeah. can get into my inbox, like, that's a that's a real thing because we get so many emails every day mm -hmm. and if i am not interested in your content and if i don't want anything to do with your business i am not about to give you my email because i don't want to be bombarded with junk not that we see it as junk but um you know spam mm -hmm. that's even the wrong word but i just don't want to be bombarded with extra in you know emails in my inbox yeah right, right. I've I've unfollowed businesses I liked because they emailed me more than once a day. See, I've unfollowed go. others because they email me once a day. See, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <Bam>. <laughs> I'm like, I love your product. I promise I will come check. But if you're emailing me twice a day, you're off immediately. If you're emailing me once a day and it's not good content, I'm probably going to get you off me soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think going back to, you know, subscribe or newsletter or these words, mailing list, 
I think perhaps kind of, you know, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is, hey, subscribe to my podcast. Podcasters have a very hard time getting their listeners to subscribe. Why? Because of that word, right? Like, what are you going to do? Right? Same thing with like newsletter. Are you going to spam me all the time? So perhaps like people are saying like, twist the word, you know, it's still mm -hmm. a, a newsletter, but we're going to call it a mailing list. Same thing with the podcast world. When I say, hey, come follow, like if you've noticed through the Apple podcast app, they now, they do not call it. Now I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost 99% positive that instead of saying now go and subscribe to my show through the Apple podcast and hit subscribe, they have now changed it to follow, follow my podcast. Now see, same thing, just, just changing up the words a little bit because subscribe is like, oh my gosh, like. That's a commitment is what it sounds right, like. Right, right. Yeah. You hear the word like, subscribe oh. and yeah. you think, <laughs> when do I have to cancel this so I don't get charged? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I think that's where my mind went was the difference between like newsletter mailing list parallel with subscribe follow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I might have forgotten my second one, but um, <laughs> it was along the same lines. It's um, it was a, it was actually about. Uh, well, this is this is somebody who's a dear friend of mine who has a huge mailing list and basically this is not something I was told in music school, but as I've gone on, it's basically if someone ever gives you their business card or their information, you add them to your mailing list. And to me, that feels like uh, whatever. And my friend who you know, um, who is in the business said, no, you talked to them or they gave you some information that gives you permission. And if they don't think it gives you permission, all they have to do is unsubscribe. You're not, you're not putting yourself out there in a negative way. You're not putting, you're not spamming them. If they're interested, they'll, they might not have known about you otherwise, but if you're putting them and so same friend gave me a mailing list of about 2000 people. And I can only accept so many people through my mailing list. And I was like, let me find all the people who are in Nashville. And suddenly um, yes, I did have a bunch of unsubscribes and MailChimp was like, you're flagged, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, I can go somewhere else, whatever. Um, but I didn't, you know, it's just like, I put them in. And then on the other hand, all you have to do is unsubscribe if you're not interested. On the other hand, I had a bunch of people like, hey, I've seen you before. Suddenly I'm getting your emails. Thanks for that tip about back pain. I would have never known that. Hey, how do we know each other? And so I've had all these conversations with people like, we've known each other in the business, but like, we don't know each other and now we're having conversations it's like yeah somehow i'm getting your email every day blah 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 you know so you don't want to be spammy you want to make sure you're giving good content and that's what bothered me with my friend's thing he was like just add these people I'm like but doesn't that spam he goes they're interested in what you're interested in I'm like okay fine he goes the worst thing is they can unsubscribe okay that's fine so what have you found like there's a fine line between those two when it comes to business and building your email list because the email list is is like is basically king it is yes um i have not approached my newsletter list in that regard that's very interesting to hear and 
you're giving me food for thought. Um, <laughs> the way that I've built my newsletter list is through my podcast and asking mm. listeners like, hey, you know, this month I'm going to give you some free music. Sign up to the newsletter to get that score. Um, the biggest way that I have built my newsletter is through summits and being a presenter at a summit. Um, if you can organize such event, it doesn't have to be 40 plus presenters like UMBS. It can be like a little shindig, like 10 presenters on the weekend of XYZ. And mm -hmm. you build, you say, hey, come to this event, come learn some tips about uh, being a musicpreneur. And then they opt in for that ticket and then you get their email list. So I am a huge believer of organizing summits and some kind of event like that in order to kind of attract your, your ideal clientele. Well, that's all I got. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Jen, do you have any questions? Sorry, I took that over for a minute. No, no, that's good. I think this was, this was stuff we needed to talk about. So I am, I am hundred percent behind this, you know? <laughs> I'm sure somebody's also got that question. I mean, how many times have you been spammed yeah. by people who've reached out and like, do you want to buy this mailing list? I'm like, that feels sketchy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when they reach out and like, these are all music educators, you're like, oh, my stuff could really help these people, but they don't know me. So there's that fine line of like, you know, I mean, I know I've, I've actually started following people that came into my mailbox. I'm like, where'd you come from? Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Hmm, you don't want to be sketchy about it, but it, yeah, I know it's a weird thing. It's not something we really talk about either. So no, no, no. You bring up a good point too, because that's starting a relationship. And I'm a mm -hmm. huge believer in, you know, again, this is an example of interaction and from interaction comes inspiration. Um, but building that relationship has to start somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've had composers just email me, um, and yeah. put me on their mailing list to say, hey, new footwork. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I wasn't expecting this, but this is nice. And then from there, uh, here's a tip for you. Then you reply back. So when you notice somebody, you know, emailing you new works, new services, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's totally up my alley. This guy or gal is, you know, like right on. I love what they're doing right? Just reply back to that newsletter and say, hey, I'm Heidi, or hey, I'm Jane, I'm Joe. And then you build that relationship. And I'm telling you right now, you never know how that's going to evolve. It can evolve into a business partnership. It can evolve into a corporate sponsorship. It can evolve into you working for them. I kid you not. So like last month, a composer had emailed me and he's actually a sponsor for September for Flute 360. All because I said, hey, you know, I love what you're doing. And we started a relationship. We went back and forth maybe three times in an email and then realized we had a lot in common. Hey, would you, I would love to support you. Would you like to support me? And then boom. So you just never know. You always have, um, you know, your eyes and ears wide open and all of these amazing opportunities will come through your door. Cool. Right on. Could not have said it better. So yeah, um, I think this could go on for a lot longer, but I think it's probably best best wrap yeah. up. So, <laughs> thank you so much for for coming on our podcast and sharing yes, these you. valuable tidbits of wisdom. Oh my goodness! Thank you, ladies, and for anybody who is a content creator like you guys, 
hats off to you. It's a lot of work and uh, we thank you. Um, it's, it's no joke to record these, schedule these, think about the content, post-production, market it. I mean, so your, your tribe and your community is so blessed to have you two ladies. Thank you. Thank you so and thank much. You for, thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah. Where can people, well, two questions. Besides where can people find you, do you have any resources that you recommend for people? Yeah. If, in anything we've talked about, actually. Ooh, okay. So people can find me through anything Heidi KBK. I've really gone off the dip, the dip, the deep end with <laughs> Heidi KBK because it rhymes. And my husband's name is Eric J. Begay. So we got this little rhymey thing happening. Oh gosh. <laughs> so if we ever have kids, I'm going to be that mom who's like, Ray Begay, May Begay, Faye. I'm, oh I'm going to go all out. <laughs> but that's a story for another day. Um, so you can find me at anythingheidikbegay.com. That's H-E-I-D-I-K-A-Y-B, as in boy, E-G-A-Y, um, heidikbegay.com. And you can follow me through um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. All my handles are heidikbegay. And I'm the host and creator of the Flute 360 podcast. Cool. And, and what was your second question, Angela? Do you have any resources, resources. that you recommend for anybody? Resources in general or like? Well, that, yeah, in general, things that have helped you when it comes to business, podcasting, music, making a niche for yourself, et cetera. All those things we talked about. Okay, so the number one website and service that I want everyone to buy right now is called Calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y. It's $144 a year, very budget friendly. It will make your life um, amazing when it comes to scheduling. You just send them a link and say, schedule a lesson, schedule a coaching call, schedule a business for that nonprofit organization's meeting, et cetera. And instead of going back and forth, is Monday good? Is Tuesday good? No, Tuesday's not good. Morning's good, but afternoon's not. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> yep. You just send them a link and then they choose what's good. It shows up on your calendar and you're done. And it syncs up with my speaking of newsletters. It's, it syncs up with my MailChimp. It syncs up with my iCalendar, PayPal, and something else. You can integrate so many different apps within Calendly. So that's my resource for today. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I know that made scheduling this, this podcast a lot easier. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> you know, you know, because we were already on the phone. We're like, oh, oh, the schedule's right here. Great. Let's look. <laughs> so. Well, right. Like, how do you schedule like, because you are so kind to bring me on and Dr. Hope on. How do you schedule four people? Say we were all in the same room at the same time. How do you schedule four people's, um, you know, event to sync up in a room together, going back and forth with four different emails? That could take days. Yeah. You know, so yep. I don't know. I'm just, um, I'm all for it. So yeah, I love it. Cool. All right. Perfect. Well, well, yeah, we'll be sure to get the, uh, <laughs> the links and the contact information in our, um, in our show notes. So they'll be there if you're listening to this or watching this and you want to know what we're talking about, check the links below. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. And we appreciate yeah. you coming on Dr. Heidi. Thank you. Right. And thanks right. everyone for watching. <laughs>